One of the things that my wife Kathy and I like to do when we're traveling during vacation is to go to the little gift stores in whatever town we may be visiting or stopping in. And often what you find in these stores, in addition to the locally made fudge and things like that, are kitchen gadgets. I think kitchen gadgets are one of those sort of guilt-free purchases you can make when you're on vacation because it's sort of a souvenir of a place and that's useful as well. And of course, some of those gadgets get taken home and put in a drawer and forgotten, but in that moment, you're looking forward to this new way of getting an egg yolk with, out of the, away from the whites or whatever it might be. Now, this past summer, we stopped at one such store, and we were doing our browsing, looking around, and I walked by a display that had a bunch of cuts in it. It was a cardboard display with the item in front, and there were cuts around the edges of the display, not intentionally put there in terms of the design. So I stopped to think, why are people vandalizing this one display in this little store? And I looked, and it was for a certain kind of knife. It was a knife not made out of metal or porcelain, as I've seen in recent years, the porcelain ones. Instead, it was made out of bamboo. And I'm thinking, well, we have flooring made out of bamboo. We have socks made out of bamboo. In terms of sharp things, there are those pointy skewers for kebabs. Why not a knife? I guess this is the latest gimmick. But with the display was this handwritten sign saying, if they really are sharp. <laughs> I think the store was running out band-aids from the number of people who said, oh, this is just a bamboo knife. How sharp? Uh-oh. <laughs> and then, since there was this big warning about not cutting yourself, instead, people started to test it on the display. See how it cut through the cardboard. What do you know? It cuts through cardboard 30 <laughs> times, or however many cuts there were there. It was fascinating. This knife, extremely light even though it's about six inches long. It has a serrated blade, but it looks like bamboo. It's not made to look like anything else. And yes, we did buy one, and yes, it does work. But we're always careful when the grandkids are around to make sure it's hidden away, because it looks like a toy. It doesn't look like a regular knife, because it's not made out of shiny steel. It doesn't scream out, I'm sharp. Instead, it looks like something anyone could play with, with out much danger. This morning's gospel has this parable of the, what's often called the dishonest steward, the employee who's a cheat. And sometimes we treat every lesson in the Bible, particularly the words of Jesus, as just so stories that we are called to do likewise, whatever is described. Stories like the prodigal son, those are like, okay, yeah, we should welcome the one who is wayward, the good Samaritan. We should help the people that need help. This story is not like it. This story is the bamboo knife among the steel blades. It's something totally different. Think of Jesus telling this story, and he's saying it just to the inner circle just to the disciples, those men and women. Think of Jesus telling a story with a wink and a nod. 
with a bit of sarcasm, maybe even. It's kind of supposed to be humorous. And probably there were some giggles from the disciples. These, the disciples, these men and women, they weren't rich. They were never going to be in the position of any of the characters in this story. They weren't going to be the, the rich man who had resources to lend out. They were never going to be managers for a rich man who would be in charge of these debts. They wouldn't even be eligible to take on debts like described in this story. So they were definitely fictional characters. This is sort of a Disney movie of Jesus stories, totally made up, a folktale. And what happens in it is a bunch of slimy people cheat each other back and forth. One of the presumptions in Jesus' stories throughout the Gospels is that if you're rich, you're almost certainly, to at least a certain degree, unethical. And the details of this story show that this fictional character was unethical. I won't go into all those details. Please take my word for it. And certainly this fellow who's about to lose his job because of being dishonest is dishonest. And then these folks with their debts that they're happily to write down quickly. The gospel even says, write it quickly. Reduce your debt. They're being dishonest. So we're not supposed to be any of these people. And God is not supposed to be any of these people. And Jesus is not supposed to be any of these people. This is not a story that has one-to-one -one correspondence with Christians, with Christ, with God, as some of Jesus' stories do. So the disciples probably would have been giggling a bit, watching all these unethical people cheat each other back and forth. It's sort of like a swindle movie that's a comedy in this day and age. So what is Jesus saying here? People who take the Bible literally have been giving themselves fits for a few hundred years, trying to make this fit into a, a literal meaning because they don't want to think of Jesus being humorous or sarcastic. They don't want to think about Jesus talking about something in strictly symbolic terms. They want things cut and dry, straightforward. But that's not this story. That will give you fits if you try to read it that way. Instead, this is a story we're supposed to sit back, have our giggle, and then go, oh, wait a minute. There's something meaty here. There's something important here. And what that is, is Jesus saying, look, God gives every human being a wide variety of intellectual gifts. For goodness sake, use them. Do not, do not get stupid just because you're a Christian. And if you wonder why Jesus would say this, you just have to look through Christian history, where again and again Christians have said the world is flat and that evolution is impossible. And one thing after another, that science is proving around them, and for whatever reason, all sorts of reasons, they say, no, that's not possible. This is a parable, this is a teaching that tells us to respect our minds, respect our brains, respect our society that comes up with wonderful God-given and driven discoveries. Respect that, incorporate that into our faith, into how we see the world. Take seriously the arts. 
Take seriously the things that move us to tears. Music, poetry, paintings, whatever it might be. Because that's of God as well. Take all the different things that help us know more, be wiser, be more loving, and incorporate that into our spiritual lives. Because God is constantly giving us new gifts as a community of the human race and as individuals with which to understand this world, with which to see the world more and more through God's eyes. It's something that at times Christianity has been terrible about and has had to apologize 200 years later for excommunicating Galileo. We do stupid things as Christians because we think we have to protect God. We think we have to protect the Bible, but God is fine. God doesn't need our protection. And God can give us all sorts of wonderful new ways of understanding the scriptures so they apply better in this day and in this age. A bamboo knife, it works fantastically to cut lettuce. That's what it's for. A steel knife works. A flint blade, if we still knew how to make them, that works too. There are all sorts of different tools that God has given us through the generations of humans to help us live better lives, to cook food better, prepare food better. In the same way, God continues to give us new ways of understanding life, understanding the world, understanding what's possible for humans to achieve. God gives us those gifts. And the one time that God will criticize us, as Jesus does in this teaching, is if we turn our backs on those thoughts, on those developments, on those insights. God is gifting us over and over to see the world in new ways, to be able to act in new ways, so that we can share the hope that God wants to fill the human race with, so we can share the love that God has for all of us, so that we can be better Christians with all of the tools that God gives us over and over. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>